This is one of the most outrageous targetings. You have mobilized your division, the most powerful law enforcement division in the world, against traditionalist Catholics, whatever the heck that means. And you're just told us you, you have not fired a single person. I mean, here, it gets worse. Your Richmond field office, they thought there was nothing wrong with this. The House interviewed the head of the Richmond field office. He testified. It's all here in the public report. I refer you to it, pages 12, 13, 14. He testified he saw no problem with this. He said he thought it was fine. In fact, we have internal memoranda of the members of the field office high-fiving. One peer reviewer, another member of the field office wrote, I think this is a great product. I really enjoyed the read. Do you have a problem with systemic bigotry against Catholics in the FBI? No. What are you going to do about this? Are you going to fire these people or not? Those individuals have all been admonished, and it is all going into their, if you would let me finish my answer, it is all going into their annual performance reviews, which has direct impact on their compensation, among other things. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. I see. So the 60 million American Catholics who we now, who now learn that your FBI has recommended that priests be recruiters informants, your FBI has gone to Priests, choir directors, but we're to feel better because you've admonished them for their wrongdoing. You, again, are conflating two different well, things. I'm not. When I am we taking are... your testimony where you said you do not. You said categorically, categorically, you said we do not. We do not go to priests and ask them about their parishioners. You said we do not. You didn't say we haven't. You didn't say we won't. You said we don't. As it turns out, you do. And you kept it from the public. You deliberately misled Congress about it. And the only reason we know about it is because a whistleblower came forward. I just That's fundamentally disagree with your characterization. Well, there's no characterization. The facts are the facts. And I fundamentally resent the fact that you have violated, if not the spirit, if not the letter, certainly the spirit of the First Amendment. Ms. Stefanik, you're recognized for five minutes. Dr. Gay, a Harvard student calling for the mass murder of African Americans is not protected free speech at Harvard, correct? Our commitment to free speech... It's a yes or no question. Is that corrected? Is that okay for students to call for the mass murder of African Americans at Harvard? Is that protected free speech? Our commitment to free speech... It's a yes or no question. Let me ask you this. You are president of Harvard, so I assume you're familiar with the term intifada, correct? I've heard that term, yes. And you understand that the use of the term intifada in the context of the Israeli-Arab conflict is indeed a call for violent armed resistance against the state of Israel, including violence against civilians and the genocide of Jews. Are you aware of that? That type of hateful speech is personally abhorrent to me. And there have been multiple marches at Harvard with students chanting, quote, there is only one solution, Intifada revolution, and, quote, globalize the Intifada. Is that correct? I've heard that thoughtless, reckless, and hateful language on our campus, yes. So based upon your testimony, you understand that this call for Intifada is to commit genocide against the Jewish people in Israel and globally, correct? I will say again, that type of hateful speech is personally abhorrent to me. Do you believe that type of hateful speech is contrary to Harvard's code of conduct, or is it allowed at Harvard? It is at odds with the values of Harvard. Can you not say here that it is against the code of conduct at Harvard? We embrace a commitment to free expression, even of views that are objectionable, offensive, hateful.
It's when that speech crosses into conduct that violates our policies against bullying, harassment, Does that speech and not cross that barrier? Does that speech not call for the genocide of Jews and the elimination of Israel? When you testify that you understand that is the def definition of intifada. This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. It's Tuesday, uh, 5 December in the year of our Lord, 2023. Uh, welcome to the late afternoon, early evening edition of the War Room. You saw today Catholics and Jews being defended up there by two uh, MAGA stalwarts, Josh Hawley of Missouri, the senator, uh, lighting up Ray. Christopher Ray, I mean, the guy's got to be bounced right away. Just, just look you right in the eye and lie to you. And, of course, the president at Harvard um, didn't actually – you know, set the world on fire for even basic understanding. It was uh, very disappointing. Stefanik just ripped into her um, today. Uh, McHenry uh, is going home. So the two lead architects, two of the three, Graves is still around, but two of the three architects of the worst deal in human history. That would be the debt deal. McCarthy's uh, gone, and I think he'll announce he's leaving here shortly. He's been fired, first time ever a speaker, obviously. And McHenry today threw in the towel. He's going to go up to Wall Street you know, make $10 million a year, uh, you know, with the guys he buddied up to and protected. That would be the Wall Street oligarchs. Uh, as I said, Reed Hoffman, I think, one of the worst human beings on earth, $250,000 to Nikki Haley. On the day, they announced that on the day that she's there trying to take your Social Security money, trying to take that $1,200 check. Charles Koch thinks it's just too much. You're taking too much. So, it's you know, 60 to $80, $100 billion is not good enough for Charles not good enough for BlackRock, not good enough for Schwartzman, not good enough for all of them. Uh, but what is good enough? We have Bob Good from the Commonwealth of Virginia. Congressman, this whole fight, McHenry threw the talent today, and we had good news. Johnson, Speaker Johnson sent a letter to the White House saying, hey, no Ukraine unless you have transformative uh, policies on the border. Of course, that means no money for Ukraine. The FISA thing got rejected. A lot of activity aboard is you're going to vote on impeachment next week. But people know you. As a deficit hawk and somebody trying to get this budget under control, you've been fighting that from day one. What are your thoughts? Where are we right now? Because we're seeing a lot of other activity, but we're not hearing much about that, sir. Well, I, I am concerned about the lack of emphasis right now, lack of attention right now on our spending bills. We sort of have stalled a little bit here. What we need from the speaker is his top line commitment for total programmatic spending that we're going to cut spending year over year. We're going to do something con Congress hasn't done in many years, which is actually to spend less money uh, in this fiscal year than we did the previous fiscal year. Uh, it's probably not going to be what you or I would like, but it needs to be some level of spending cut. Steve, the deficit is ballooning so fast now. As you know, we got a $200 billion monthly deficit. We're on track for about a $2.5 trillion deficit for a 12-month period, highest, frankly, in the history of the country, certainly outside of COVID. 
And that's happening on our watch as Republicans. My friend Chip Roy did a great job verbalizing that on the House floor a week or two ago. Hey, what are we running on right now? We're running on 36, 37 trillion dollars in debt and an unsecured border. I think you could argue that among the many threats and crises that are existential threats to our country that this administration has created, uh, it's been said by others, but it's true. If he would have just stayed in his basement January 21 and done nothing, the military would be stronger, we'd still be energy independent, our economy would be better, our interest rates would be lower, inflation would be lower, uh, j more jobs would be created by the private sector without the heavy hand of regulations and, 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 and uh, uh, b barriers and burdens put on by this administration. But the two greatest threats, I think you, uh, you could argue, is the, the, the snowballing debt uh, and in, in the border invasion, both facilitated intentionally by this president. Never had we had $11 trillion in new spending in the first three years of administration. Uh, never we have we had this level of debt to GDP outside of World War II. Uh, we have nothing to show for it. The interest on the debt is coming to close to a trillion dollars a year now, will soon become the biggest part of our budget. The days of spending without consequence are over as we had 40 year high inflation, 20 year high interest rates, credit rating being downgraded. And so my message to my Republican colleagues has been publicly and privately in meetings with the Republican conference just even this past week, if not now, when, if not us, who, when will we cut spending? And frankly, many, Steve, will say, oh, well, you know, it's not the discretionary, it's the mandatory. We've got to do, you know, reform, Social Security, Medicare, welfare, Medicaid, and so forth, the, the, what we call the mandatory spending, which is just a cop out because Congress gets to decide what's mandatory and what's not mandatory. But, you know, if you don't have the resolve to cut the discretionary, then, then where are you going to somehow summon this un, unforeseen, unbefore uh, demonstrated resolve to deal with mandatory spending and to reform that to preserve and protect Social Security and Medicare for future generations, both of which are going to go bankrupt within the next 10 years? Uh, you know, we've got to have the stomach to do what the American people elected us to do. Uh, we've passed seven of our 12 spending bills. Uh, we need to bring those five additional bills to the floor, cut our spending as we promised to do, as the speaker promised to do. Uh, as you know, we've got the laddered CR with some of them coming due uh, in the uh, at the end of January and some of them coming due in the early part of February. There's no reason why we can't cut our spending as a Republican majority. You broke some news. I was, I was looking forward to you coming on. It's 2.5 trillion, 2.5 trillion, not two, but 2.5 trillion in the trailing 12 months, which shows you actuality. We're going to, on the 18th of December, I think, pass the 34 trillion. So we we hit it on 18 September. We'll do it on 18 December. That's 90 days we added another trillion dollars. You're saying 200 billion a month. If if we project that out, that's what every five months we're going yeah, to add every another five trillion. months. You're adding it's, a it's trillion, and it's going it's going to go faster because right, just sir. the compound of interest, as we know, the, the way that debt works in, in the negative here, and then the interest rates being higher complicates it even more. And then as the debt burden grows and the spending and unwillingness to cut it go, grows, interest rates are going to go even higher. Credit's going to be even further downgraded. It's an existential threat. The American people understand it. They're feeling it. Steve, it's bad policy, as you know, that has caused the inflation, that's caused the grocery prices where Thanksgiving dinner was about 40% higher than it was when this president took office. 
It's bad policy that's caused the energy prices, utilities and gasoline prices, of course. It's bad policy that's caused the reaction to the inflation caused by the spending that has raised the interest rates in a futile attempt to combat the inflation, which isn't from a hot economy, it's from the overspending. All of this is crushing the American people. The average rent payment's over $2,000. People can't afford to buy homes. Uh, they can't afford to pay their bills. They can't afford to heat their homes. And, and this president is just piling on. He's doubling down. And the only thing standing between uh, the Biden-Schumer policies that are destroying the country and Pelosi policies that are already in place is the House of Representatives. We gotta show the resolve to secure the border, you know, you could argue, Steve, that we shouldn't fund any more of this government until the border is secure. That we, you know, since this the spending battle, you know, we haven't successfully navigated that. Well, doggone it, let's navigate the uh, the, the border battle and say we're not going to fund this government until they secure the border. I like what Speaker you you said it. Speaker Johnson said with that letter, he said, hey, HR two is the House position. It would codify into law all the great Trump policies that were working, of course, where we had largely eliminated illegal uh, immigration, uh, illegal border crossings, but it would codify those policies into law that would strengthen the next president uh, to, to implement those and it would make it harder for a future president to change those through executive action. They certainly couldn't take an act of Congress to do it. Uh, but that's the House position. We, we shouldn't fall for some phony uh, Senate version of some semblance of pretend border security, which would frankly, as we both know, would give more money to Mayorkas to bring more illegals in the country more quickly and more deceptively than they're doing it now. What is then to be done? I mean, just for the sense of urgency, because I look, I, it looks like you guys are going to be taking the Christmas break. Well, what should this audience do to have your back? The fighters up there, they're saying, hey, we got to act. We got to act now. January 19th is going to be here before uh, before you know it. What, what are pe What is this audience to do? Well, I don't know that anybody rallies the troops better than you are, but it's your Republican representatives need to hear from you that, that, you, that they expect you to vote for the spending cuts. And frankly, you know, we've had hundreds of amendments this year hundreds of amendments brought forth primarily by my Freedom Caucus colleagues and I uh, to cut spending. And, and frankly, about 80% of those have failed. About 80% of those spending cut amendments have failed this year because members aren't showing the resolve to cut spending. But uh, and it's hard to track all of that. There's so many votes that we take and it really takes due diligence to do that. But notice that when you have these amendments to try to improve our spending bills and we've got these efforts to cut spendings for specific departments, specific agencies, even salaries for specific individuals, that they expect their member of Congress to vote for that. Uh, they expect their member of Congress to hold the line on Israel funding, on that it's gotta be paid for, it's gotta be a standalone bill. That they expect them to support FISA reform, uh, that we cannot extend or we cannot reauthorize that without the significant forms that Andy Biggs kind of leading the way on that. He's the expert on that, along with Jim Jordan on that Judiciary Committee. Uh, we've got to protect American citizens and our constitutional rights first. Don't fall prey uh, to the to the uh, to the sales pitch, if you will, the intelligence community that hey, we can't let it expire, and, and no matter what, you can't let it expire. That, that's that's the, that's why we lose on the spending. If you're afraid of a government shutdown, then you're going to lose on the spending. Can you hang on just for one second? Short break. Congressman Bob Good, Virginia. I know this is hard to believe, but we're up against another government shutdown later this month. And our wise leaders deal with it how they always do, with more spending. While lawmakers are high-fiving, your savings account continues to lose value because more spending weakens the dollar. Now end the cycle. Diversify into gold with the help of Birch Gold Group. And listen. When you open a gold IRA for every $10,000 you spend by December 22nd, 
Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar. Let me repeat that. For every 10000 you spend by December 22nd, Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar. Just text Bannon to 989898 to claim eligibility before Black Friday. Birch Gold can help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a gold IRA for no money out of pocket. And you still get the free gold bar. Don't let your savings become a victim of the further devaluation of the dollar. Remember, the BRICS countries are focused 100% on de-dollarization. Text Bannon to 989898. Receive a free gold information kit and claim your eligibility before Black Friday to receive free gold bars on your qualified purchase. Do it today. Action, action, action. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Congressman, I know you got to go, but, you know, the audience always loves hearing from you. One thing, <laughs> I look at the calendar, and it looks like you guys may be departing the pattern for the holiday break on the 14th of December. You come back, you're only going to have like a week or so, maybe 10 days until the 19th. Why does there seem to be a lack of urgency? We've had the 7 of 12 pass now since back in, I think, in September. What is it going to take? Look, this audience loves Mike Johnson. He's a good man. He's a solid man. But this is a crisis. And it's got to be treated like a crisis. And now you're seeing the numbers explode. As you said, $2.5 trillion deficit in the trailing 12 months. A trillion dollars added between September 18th and December 18th, and it's $200 billion now and probably more every month. So every five months, you're going to add a trillion dollars. What, what, why is there seem to be a lack of focus and a lack of urgency? Well, that's the reason why I wasn't in favor of this CR and why I voted against it, because it relieves the pressure. We need the pressure of the calendar to do our job. We've also got, as a Republican conference, and that's something that I'm I'm always beseeching or begging or pleading with my colleagues, we've got to show Speaker Johnson that we will stand with him, that we will have his back, that we are in it for the fight, that we will outlast and stare down the Senate, to stare down the Democrats. We're not afraid of a government shutdown in the sense that we're not willing to endure it or to suffer it. If the Dems and the Senate and the White House, no, we will not bear any moment of a government shutdown. And they just say no, and they run out the clock on us. And then if our conference doesn't stand with our speaker and fight with him, then we're doomed to fail. And so that's what we've got to have that kind of a resolve. Uh, I I didn't vote for it. I thought it was the wrong move, but we bought some time with this continuing resolution. Uh, To your point, it's been about 30 days, I think, since we passed a spending bill. We haven't brought them to the floor again for a vote in the last few weeks. We should be bringing bills to to the floor for votes next week. What we're paid to do by the American people is to vote, to go on record, to vote up or down on the things that are brought to the floor, to show the American people where we stand, to show our constituents where we stand, and to be held accountable to that effect. And that's passing our individual spending bills. Congressman, how do people track you? Because uh, now more than ever, there's a handful of you guys people got to follow to find out what's really going on in this fight to save the republic. Well, um, social media is at rep. Bob Good, and then they can support me at bobgoodforcongress.com. I can tell you the swamp is striking back. Uh, I'm going to have a well-funded primary opponent that's already been announced. So folks can support me at bobgoodforcongress.com. Well, I think folks realize who was there for the fight, who stood in the breach. Uh, So um, we'll spend more time on that later. But thank you very much for coming on. Thank you, Steve. Great to be with you again. Keep up the fight, my friend. Now, you, you heard what Congressman Good just said there about the trailing 12 months, two and a half trillion, and, and the guy's been all over top of these numbers, EJ. 
for those out there who say, well, Steve, you know, these deficits, how they really impact, it's impacting. It's eating away America, the working class and middle class, like, a, like an acid, like a battery acid that's just in there eating it away. Uh, in the New York Post today, an incredible piece by our own E.J. Antoni. E.J., walk us through this because it's so depressing when you read this, what, what the American people, Dave Brad teed you up in the morning. Knock it out of the park now, sir. Well, certainly, Steve, thank you so much for, for having me on this evening. It's really a very, very sad state of affairs. We have had so much government spending that it is completely crowding out the private sector, and it is causing inflation and interest rates to rise. And as a result of that, Americans' retirement savings have been absolutely decimated. But because the cost of living has gone up so much, people are also able to afford less in to, to put less into their retirement savings. In other words, I can't afford to, to put away as much as I could three or four years ago. I'm also having to uh, do more what we call hardship withdrawals from retirement savings. In other words, these are exceptions where I can, if I prove that, let's say I can't afford rent or groceries, groceries, whatever the case may be, I have genuine hardships. The result is that I can make withdrawals uh, from my retirement accounts. But again, you are simply robbing from Peter to pay Paul. You're taking from the future to, to pay bills today. So once you add up all of the, not just nominal losses, but the inflation adjusted losses uh, in 401k accounts, we find that the average 401k in this country has lost about a quarter of its value since Biden became president. To put in perspective just how devastating that is to a lot of Americans, if you are one of the people who were on the cusp of retirement when Biden took office, today you are essentially going to have to work an additional decade in order to recoup all of the lost value from your 401k. And, and I use that word very purposely, value. It's not just simply that the dollars in the accounts have gone down, but what those dollars can buy has gone down dramatically. And so if I, again, want the same standard of living that I was planning on having in my retirement, I now need to work many more years because of the policies of this president. No more retiring at 65. You're looking at 75. This is it's shocking. I want you. How did you get to the calculation that 25 percent of the uh, of the value of the 401ks has been eaten away? Just walk me through the math. Oh, certainly. So what, what you essentially do is, is you look at uh, the, the figures that we have from a whole host of, of different investment companies that, that essentially advertise what their portfolio allocations look like. And from that, you can get a, a, a astonishingly good sense of what the average 401k has in it in terms of both equities and bonds, but also where those different uh, categories are actually allocated. In other words, what types of bonds, what types of equities. And from there, we can see, okay, how did those different asset classifications actually perform over the last two and a half years? And the bond market, although equities haven't been great, the bond market in particular has been decimated. 2022 was the worst year for bond returns on record going all the way back to at least 1928. So you have incredible nominal losses, but then you also have to knock off another 17% on top of that because of inflation. So when you put those two effects together, you get just under 25% in terms of the real loss. And again, that's not just the dollar value, but what those dollars can yeah. buy. But it, it also, the, uh, the fact the bond market, the collapse of it, was because of 
Biden's massive government spending that 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 drove up interest rates. Those bonds got crushed. The 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 par value of the uh, or the face amount of the bond when you try to trade it is where people lost so much money. Actually, I think technically it's the worst bond market since the Civil War. I mean, these are extraordinary, and and this is what you're seeing in the 401k. As you take that loss of the 25 percent of the of the buying power of the 401k. How did you get to 10? Because people are sitting there and go, oh, my God, now it's at 25% less. EJ's telling me to make it up. i got to work another decade. And people are not looking forward to working another decade when they're 65 years old. This is a little bit when they think they deserve to lean on the shovel, particularly the fact that Nikki Haley's coming around trying to take their social, that 1200 bucks they get from Social Security. Nikki Haley's trying to get her mitts on for the Cokes. How, um, how did you get to the 10-year? <laughs> they got to work another 10 years. Well, you know, unfortunately, Steve, if you are like many Americans, the the typical retiree or again, would be retiree, the person who's on the cusp of retiring, you're earning just under seventy thousand dollars a year. So we're not talking about someone who's who's making six figures or or is is a millionaire, whatever the case may be. We're talking about somebody uh, who, again, does not have much higher than the median household income. And as a result of that, you can't expect to put away. Fifty or sixty thousand dollars a year to try to make up for those losses. You are going to be limited just by your income. And, and again, we're talking pre-tax dollars here. After you take out taxes, uh, take out food, take out rent. I mean, you don't actually have much left today because the cost of living has already exploded. And and again, you can expect that cost of living to stay high through your retirement. And so even if you can save a lot of your income, let's say a third, again, this is a lot of your pre-tax income to be able to save. But even if you can do that, and even if you have better than average returns uh, over the next decade to your retirement account, it's going to take you that long to actually recoup all of the losses because that 25% that you lost in terms of real value, God. that's not just the loss on one year of savings, that's your entire working career up until today. I know you got to bounce. Good was just on here, the Congressman from the Commonwealth of Virginia, trailing 12 months deficits, $2.5 trillion. You and I talked about that before, $2.5 trillion. We're gonna pass 34 trillion in less than 90 days. And uh, and now we're calculating we're losing the deficit's two hundred billion a month. Uh, what is your strongest recommendation to the Speaker of the House right now about w- what he needs to focus on? He needs to cut the spending and he needs to do it fast. And, and I know there's a lot of talk about how we need to cut things like Social Security and Medicare. Look, the current expenses of those programs, while they are high, they are not what's breaking the back of the budget. It's the discretionary stuff. Do we need to address those programs down the road? Absolutely. We, we need reforms for people like myself who are currently working today and are going to retire in 30, 40, 50 years. Those, that's when the numbers really get scary. Those programs do not need to be cut Today, what needs to be cut today is the discretionary stuff. And again, we need to do it fast. And you need to, the political class needs to earn the respect of the American people to have the conversation about entitlements by cutting the discretionary. Anybody, as soon as I hear these people say, well, it's all the mandatory, that's the problem. That is a lie. They're either too dumb to understand the problem or they're lying to you because they're too gutless to cut the spending. EJ, where do people get to you over at Heritage and on your Always spicy Twitter feed. Best place to follow me is going to be on Twitter, and the handle there is at Real EJ Antoni. Thank you, brother. Thank you for carving out time to come on. Really appreciate it.
EJ has been slammed all day. He's at a conference, plus that article in the Post. Everybody's talking about it. Um, pretty good time to talk to the guys at Birch Gold. Look, we just give you the macro here. We're not financial or investment advisors. Uh, you need to talk to the pros. Talk to them over at uh, Birch Gold, birchgold.com slash Bannon. You, first of all, you can pick up free the end of the dollar empire. It's four installments that I think you'll come away thinking, hey, I'm a little bit smarter because of this. Also, installment three is the debt trap. That'll get you real smart about this fight we've got in front of us. But also talk to Philip Patrick and the team. Talk to Philip Patrick and say, hey, Philip, uh, Bannon keeps talking about these bricks. They're buying gold at record rates in 22 and 23. These are the central banks of these nations that have all the resources why is our Federal Reserve just creating more fiat money to to paper over these deficits and working on a central bank digital currency? And why are these other central banks, why are they buying gold at record rates? Make sure you hear the answer. Here's what you do. Make yourself a big pot of Warpath coffee. Sit there. Contemplate the answer. Back in the war room in just a moment. Debt. You go to bed thinking about it. You wake up thinking about it. Now, here's the truth. The system traps you in debt. High interest credit cards and loans make it nearly impossible to pay off your debt. And insane inflation keeps you stuck paycheck to paycheck. Done with debt is your lifeline. Done with debt has an ingenious new strategy to help erase your debt faster and easier than you thought possible. Done with debt analyzes all the debt options you qualify for. They know how to reduce bills. They know how to cut interest rates. Their skilled staff of negotiators know how to get debt out of your life permanently, without bankruptcy, and without additional loans. Done with debt are the experts in brilliant strategies for eliminating debt, but you need to hurry because some debt solutions are time-sensitive. Now, here's how easy they make it. Go to donewithdebt.com. That's done to debt com done with debt.com go there today action 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 stop the worrying take action this is one of the most outrageous targetings you have mobilized your division the most powerful law enforcement division in the world against traditionalist catholics whatever the heck that means and you're just told us you you have not fired a single person i mean here it gets worse your Richmond field office, they thought there was nothing wrong with this. The House interviewed the head of the Richmond field office. He testified. It's all here in the public report. I refer you to it, pages 12, 13, 14. He testified he saw no problem with this. He said he thought it was fine. In fact, we have internal memoranda of the members of the field office high-fiving. One peer reviewer, another member of the field office, wrote, I think this is a great product. I really enjoyed the read. Do you have a problem with systemic bigotry against Catholics in the FBI? No. What are you going to do about this? Are you going to fire these people or not? Those individuals have all been admonished, and it is all going into their... If you would let me finish my answer, it is all going into their annual performance reviews, which has direct impact... On their compensation, among other things. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. I see. So the 60 million American Catholics who who now learn that your FBI has recommended that priests be recruiters and informants. Your FBI has gone to priests, choir directors, but we're to feel better because you've admonished them for their wrongdoing. You, again, are conflating two different well, things. I'm not. When I am we taking are... your testimony where you said you do not. You said categorically, categorically, you said we do not. We do not go to priests 
and ask them about their parishioners. You said we do not. You didn't say we haven't. You didn't say we won't. You said we don't. As it turns out, you do. And you kept it from the public. You deliberately misled Congress about it. And the only reason we know about it is because a whistleblower came forward. I just That's fundamentally disagree with your characterization. Well, there's no characterization. The facts are the facts. And I fundamentally resent the fact that you have violated, if not the spirit, if not the letter, certainly the spirit of the First Amendment. The FBI is already required to obtain a court order in some circumstances before accessing the contents of Americans' communications in the context of 702. They're already required for that in some circumstances. Since 2018, how many times has that requirement been triggered, according to government reporting? Do you know? You're talking about the so-called F2? Yes. Uh, uh, how many times has it been triggered? Yes. I think it... I think there have been two instances where I think is maybe the number. 100, 103. Yeah. 103 times yeah. it's been triggered. And out of those 103 identified times, uh, the FBI should have obtained a court order. How many times did the FBI actually obtain one? Do you know? But that, I think the answer is none. Zero. So you're telling me that the FBI has completely ignored the limited court order requirement that it's already subjected to. You have the audacity to come here, and you told us that getting, uh, adding a warrant requirement to 702 even for queries involving U.S. persons on U.S. soil, that that would amount to some sort of unilateral disarmament. That, you have a lot of gall, sir. This is disgraceful. The Fourth Amendment requires more than that, and you know it. I know every single time for centuries, even prior to the founding of this country, there were similar protections built into the laws of the United Kingdom before we became a country. Even then, the government was making the same darn argument you're making today, which is, it's too hard. This would make it hard for the government. It's why we have a constitution, sir, and you must comply with it. The FBI is the uh, American Gestapo. Let's just be honest. Ray, dude, your day is coming, bro. It's not going to just be, you know, heated letters and heated exchanges. Uh, you're going to be totally investigated and reviewed after uh, Biden, the illegitimate usurper at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, is turfed out shortly after, um, what, 5 November of 2024. And all of you guys, all of your actions. So, hey, save, uh, save your receipts, save your emails, save all your memos, save it all, save your phones, all of it. Julie Kelly, another disgusting display. Uh, by the FBI director who just purges himself, not even prepared. How many? I think two. No, sir, it's 103. I mean, right. it, he's he's in your face that he's not even going to prep for these hearings. He just He's just sitting there casually. Oh, yeah, that's right. The lies, misrepresentation, and the perjury of this guy is unbelievable. Please tell me, ma'am, on J6, because people's heads are blown up by the scene in the footage, that the depositions the interviews the testimony all of it recorded i think from a thousand you know witnesses um only a couple of uh transcripts released is, is that all missing has that been has that evidence been destroyed by benny thompson a group of criminals up there uh, apparently, according to Benny Thompson, who was the chairman of this select committee, he notified Representative Barry Loudermilk over the summer in a letter that all of the video recordings of the more than 1,000 depositions taken by the January 6th select committee, a body of Congress, uh, are no longer available. 
Representative Loudermilk said that they were gone, that they vanished. We're not sure if they have been destroyed. What uh, Benny Thompson said is that they were not preserved. And the reason why he said, astonishingly, is because they had written transcripts of the video depositions. That should be sufficient that they deemed those written transcripts apparently uh, transcribed by congressional staffers, uh, official court reporters. I don't know who these people were, but the, the written transcripts were enough of a record to meet the House rules in terms of preserving all evidence collected during a congressional investigation that was then supposed to be turned over to the next Congress. So that would have been Republicans after they took over in January of 2023. That is simply not the case. And so where are these tapes? Did they really disappear? Had they been intentionally destroyed? Does Benny Thompson have them in his sock drawer? Where are they? Um, But furthermore, Steve, aside from that, so we have a thousand plus witnesses The January 6th Select Committee assured the public that they were going to release all of the evidence they collected. They did it. Taking aside from the videos, you have hundreds of transcribed interviews that are still missing. If you go to the January 6th Select Committee website, you will only see about 300 transcribed interviews out of 1,000. And you know one transcript that's missing? Bobby Engel, the Secret Service agent, Cassidy Hutchinson said Donald Trump almost strangled to death on January 6th because he wouldn't take him to the Capitol and instead took him to the White House. That transcribed video recording and interview is nowhere to be found. If the videos weren't worth anything, then why didn't they just do the transcribe? Why didn't they just read those at the hearing? All you saw was was the videos. And Loudermick, he's a lovely guy. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure he's doing a great job. But people couldn't pick him out of a police lineup. It's been right. a year. This is December. They should have done that transition in the first two days. We should have talked about this in on January 15th of 23. How could it be December 5th? And now over the last couple of days, this is getting to be a thing. And I don't hear I don't hear Johnson or Jordan or Comer or anybody talking about this, ma'am. Well, because, Steve, this is what you and I talked about, a really colossal mistake that House Republicans made was not forming their own January 6th Select Committee, not only to investigate the committee that we know buried evidence and now it apparently destroyed evidence. They twisted the entire narrative to blame Donald Trump. Even committee investigators, after the report was released in December of 2022, um, complained to the media that especially Liz Cheney turned the entire exercise into a blame get Trump operation instead of really investigating what some people believed were intelligence and law enforcement failures. That's why that section of the report, Steve, is buried in an appendix. It should be the focal point of the report. Instead, Liz Cheney and Benny Thompson and Adam Schiff buried that at the end. And now they have buried evidence that could contradict, of course, the cherry pick clips that they put on TV that they have played on a nonstop loop. Um, and for, because then you could look at what maybe the witness said before or after. And in a court of law, of course, this would all be relevant. What's even more outrageous, Steve, is that special counsel Jack Smith and Judge Tanya Chutkin called Trump's lawyer's attempt to get the videos. They both referred to that as a fishing expedition. 
in any other situation, the Department of Justice would be demanding an investigation or opening one into obstruction of an official proceeding, their favorite felony, destruction of evidence. I mean, there are numerous felonies that they could be investigating Benny Thompson and this committee with. But instead, Jack Smith is defending the destruction of these records. Furthermore, Judge Chutkin also agreed that it was a fishing expedition. And get this, she told Donald Trump's lawyers, you shouldn't worry about the videotapes because we have the transcribed interviews. And furthermore, if you're looking for impeachable evidence, which would mean evidence that would discredit a witness that you think their demeanor would tip off in a video interview, you should go back to the transcript, see where they might've looked like they were backpedaling or not telling the truth. And then maybe we can go back to the videos and see if that's relevant. This is a cover-up of a, on a massive scale, not just Benny Thompson, but the DOJ and Judge Chutkin as well, defending the destruction of key evidence in the biggest criminal domestic terror investigation since 9-11. What do you recommend, uh, before I do that, hang on, because I'm going to keep you through the break. I, because you cover this nonstop, you know this better than anybody in this country, and I'm also not a lawyer. What is this thing about Cassie Hutchinson? Cassie Hutchinson's now changed her testimony. Yes, or they has. changed her testimony. She sat up there on national TV for three days, and this is my this is my beef with the committee. It wasn't formed correctly. You didn't have a ranking member, and you didn't have a minority counsel. They couldn't get the evidence, and they couldn't cross examine. That's what made Watergate what it was. That's what made Iran Contra what it was. You have to have the structure so you actually get the evidence and you can cross-examine. That makes everything that's that's the American concept of law. Are you telling me now, Cassie Hutchinson, who's been oh, this is taking Trump down, she's taking Trump down on every TV show, wrote a worthless book, she went everywhere, got millions of dollars. She's mm-hmm. changing her testimony under the cover of night. Yes, she is. She changed it in what's a 15-page called errata, which I guess corrects her official testimony that she gave. I think she was interviewed three times behind closed doors with the uh, committee and then, of course, gave her performance, her televised performance. But then afterwards, they are given apparently the transcript to read, and she, her lawyers gave a 15-page correction to her testimony. We have not seen that document either. But aren't those supposed to be like nits, right? Where I, you know, I said the, right. and maybe I sort of said ah. Is this going to be where she's actually changing her testimony? Have you ever heard of a 15 page errata before? No. And actually, uh, John Solomon from Just the News interviewed, um, I believe, Alan Dershowitz or some legal reporter who said, who viewed parts of this errata and said, this is not a correction. This is not, you know, we want to underscore that this is what this was meant to to be said. It was completely changing her testimony, especially related to that incident that she described in the uh, presidential vehicle on January 6th. Uh, Because she perjured herself. It's obvious. And you said that the Secret Service agent, she lied. She bald face lied. You could tell at the time Trump's not coming across. He's not going to come across there. Trump doesn't do that. This is also your point about the F, the Secret Service, Bobby Engel. His is mysteriously missing. His mysteriously not put forward. Is that correct, Julie Kelly? 
Yes, so are a lot of Secret Service records, Steve. This is also another underreported angle of January 6th. There are serious and voluminous records from the Secret Service, including text messages that were deleted and still have not been recovered. The Secret Service's role before and on January 6th is still one of the most underreported stories. And Big this time. is why, again, we need a special committee of our own. The- this stinks to high heaven. Sure First does. off, it's not just the cover-up. The crime, normally they say it's a cover-up, not the crime. This is the crime. What exactly happened on January 6th? What was the planning for it? Who was involved in it? All the records, everything. We're going to get to the bottom of this because this is outrageous. Now you got Cassie Hutchison up there as Joan of Arc, and now she's going to change her testimony. Short break. Julie <laughs> Kelly after the break. Are you tired of progressive corporations and exhausted trying to keep up with all the virtue signaling when you're simply trying to buy products? Progressive corporate America continues to push messaging that further alienates conservative Americans, all while eroding the future of the American dream. It's prominent all over the country. Companies like Starbucks strong-arming their customers to support abortion. Financial services like PayPal canceling customers for their political views. Makeup companies like Maybelline making a mockery of women by supporting transgender models. And beer companies like Bud Light forcing gender ideology on you when all you want is to enjoy a cold beer. Thankfully, we don't have to fund these companies any longer with our hard-earned dollars. With Public Square, we now have a solution. It's simple. Join the movement of millions of patriotic Americans who love truth, our country, and our Constitution at publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Public Square is an app and website where you can get connected to tens of thousands of businesses from all different industries that share your value for life, family, and freedom. Whether you're looking to buy coffee, find a new athletic clothing that knows what a woman is, and shop for clean skin care, or simply find a new restaurant in your community that won't lecture you about your political views. PublicSQ.com is your resource. Public Square also offers discounts to many high-quality businesses on the platform so that you can actually receive incentive for spending money with companies that don't hate you. Public Square is free to join as consumer or a business owner, and you can get started today at PublicSQ.com. Remember, either as a consumer or a business owner. Download the app now. That's publicsq.com, publicsq.com. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. If you want to get into all this action, go to Turning Point from the 16th to the 19th in the greater Phoenix area, AmFest. Make sure you go to AmFest.com. It's the team at Charlie Kirk and the team. It's on fire. The Warren Posse signed up like crazy. We're going to do so many cool things, and we're going to have some fun. We're doing the show live. I'm going to speak. We're doing breakout sessions, meet and greets, everybody. So bring your, uh, bring all your information, what you're working on for the whole audience, where you are in the country, precinct committee, all of it. We want to hear it. Also, on building the alternative economy, Public Square. Go to publicsquare.com. They finally got the name. Publicsquare.com. Stop giving your money to people that hate you. Remember, the big corporations, they hate your values. They hate what you stand for. They hate your family. Hate. That's why they're trying to destroy it. You've got an alternative. If you're not sure, you enlist for free. If you're a consumer, you can also go on there for free. doesn't cost you anything. Totally free. Website and an app. PublicSquare.com. 
building the alternative patriot economy. Julie Kelly, heads are blowing up right now, baby. <laughs> tell me, tell me, secret, you got secret service. This thing stinks to high heaven. You've dedicated three years of your life and it's paying off. I mean, you're, you're a providential figure because without you, we wouldn't know any of this because it was too complicated, too big, too big a scale. So tell me what's going on. Um, so as I said, this particular Secret Service transcript uh, is missing, both the written and the video recording as well. There are text messages between um, more than nearly three dozen Secret Service officials, including the head of the Secret Service, that were automatically deleted. Um, and this was at the Department of Homeland Security in late January of 2021. They were deleted, all of these texts dating back to December of 2020 through the day of January 6, 2021. Then suddenly we were told um, that there was an automatic, I think we've heard this before, maybe it was the Mueller investigation said there was this automatic phone update. All of these text messages have disappeared. They have never been recovered either. At first, House Democrats, including the committee, were interested to see what happened to those texts. That story, that scandal has completely disappeared. The role of the Secret Service, what they did and what they didn't do before and on January 6th, uh, still is a huge mystery that a select committee of our own would uncover or try to. I'm telling you, um, when I cover these January 6th trials, where the Secret Service took Mike Pence, where specifically they took him, that has been under protective order. You cannot cross-examine a Secret Service agent to say exactly what happened with the transport of Mike Pence. Now, we're told that he remained on Capitol grounds, and that's important because it's a linchpin to hundreds of criminal charges against January 6th defendants. But we still do not have documented proof that that is the case. Okay. Furthermore, here's something I want to say that, go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead, ma'am. So, it's your, your Something your else rolling, that I baby. want to cover, something else that's important. The Biden White House has four transcripts. We don't know who they belong to. They were given to the White House uh, general counsel from the January 6th select committee, the Democrats. Those four transcripts have been at the White House for security review for nearly a year. And the White House lawyer told Barry Loudermilk in August in a letter, we are still conducting that security uh, review. Once we do with more um, protections to the transcript, we will give those four transcripts to NARA, the archivist, and then we will send you a copy. What's the holdup? What possibly could they be doing for a year to four transcripts? Who are the individuals and when will we finally see yeah. those transcribed interviews, even if the names we, and identities okay. you, are you got you got to you got to help me out here. I know we got to bounce to the second hour, but when we took over the house, <laughs> Pelosi runs this thing with an iron fist. Why yeah. are you and I sitting here having this very interesting conversation with our audience? My audience is head blowing up across mm -hmm. the nation with this outrage. And who's in charge? And I love Loudermilk. But you got to get some. I mean, where is where's Jordan? Where's Comer? Where's Speaker Johnson? Where are these people? What should be done here? We need to form our own committee and they need to staff it as heavily as the Democrats did with their committee. We need to do two things. Tell the truth about January 6th leading up to that day and on that day and expose the cover up, the lies and the deceit 
Let's emphasize the deceit of the January 6th Select Committee, the fraud that they perpetrated on the American people that now many Americans are waking up to, that what they were told, what House Democrats once again lied to the American people about is not the true account of that day and certainly what happened beforehand and afterwards. Julie Kelly, before I let you go. Do, do you believe there's been uh, crimes committed by the J6 committee in, in perpetrating these lies, ma'am? Well, look, if you can charge Donald Trump with conspiracy to defraud the United States, one of four counts in Jack Smith's indictment, you can certainly safely argue with far more evidence that House Democrats, from Nancy Pelosi to Benny Thompson to once again Adam Schiff, uh, Jamie Raskin, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger did the exact same thing. We know they have witnesses who lied under oath. Cassidy Hutchinson, Harry Dunn, Michael Fanone, the celebrity cops, Equalina Ganell. They all lied under oath. They lied directly to the American people. This was a fraud of massive proportions. So yes, if we can bring that charge against Donald Trump for allegedly being responsible or trying to investigate election fraud, there's certainly a lot more evidence to bring that charge and many more against the people who once again deceive this country and are trying to throw it up for grabs and destroy it. Unbelievable, ma'am. Uh, Julie, how did it get to all your contact points? People got to follow you now more than ever. Declassified with Julie Kelly on Substack and uh, Twitter X, Julie underscore Kelly too, where I post a lot of breaking news, motions, et cetera, like I did today. Unbelievable, ma'am. Thank you so much. Uh, Love having you on here. I know the audience does. We're going to make sure there's some action taken on this. We're going to use our human agency to move it here. Thank you so much. Uh, next hour, your head's going to blow, blow up also, so stick around. we got a lot to go through, including COP28. No, it's not a convention that Bernie Carrick's going to go to. It's something that's having a massive influence in your life, and nobody will really cover it. Uh, we're going to get into all that uh, in the next hour. I want to make sure... You heard the bad news from E.J. Antoni. I'm going to push this thing out tonight, and I'm going to have Grace and Mo do it, the article in um, the New York Post. Also, Dave Bratz's uh, analysis this morning. Uh, and this is what's so outrageous about Nikki Haley and about talking about entitlements. Just leave entitlements alone right now. People getting ready to retire, you're getting crushed. You're getting crushed because of the Biden, these criminals in the nation's capital. Right now, that's why more than ever, you need to go to Birch Gold. Just go to birchgold.com. Talk to Philip Patrick and the team. Get their lowdown on the driving force and the, um, the, uh, what's happening in back to drive this gold market, particularly foreign central banks. Short commercial break. We're going to be back in the warm in just a moment. You do not want to miss the second hour of the show. Stick around. I will. We rejoice when there's no more. Let's take down the CCP. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. 
Use the code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOMHEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.